Welcome to Emily Rose Meditations. I'm your host, Emily, and today we'll be engaging Julian of Norwich to help us find the freedom offered in relationship with the divine. This is the 28th chapter of Julian of Norwich's long text entitled Revelations of Divine Love. Take a deep breath, and wherever you are, let your shoulders relax, let your attention settle, and I invite you to open your heart to these words. Thus I saw how Christ feels compassion for us because of sin. And just as I was earlier filled with suffering and compassion at the passion of Christ, so was I now also partly filled with compassion for all my fellow Christians, for those well-beloved people who shall be saved, that is to say, God's servants, holy church, will be taken in sorrows and anguish and tribulations in this world, as men shake a cloth in the wind. And to this God answered as follows, I shall make some great thing out of this in heaven, something eternally worthy and everlastingly joyful. Yes, I saw as far as this, that our Lord rejoices in the tribulations of his servants with pity and compassion in order to bring bliss to each person that he loves. He lays on each of them something which in his sight is no cause of blame, something for which they are blamed and despised in this world, scorned, violently treated, and cast out. And he does this to prevent the damage that would be done to them by the pomp and vain glory of this wretched life and to prepare their path to heaven, and to raise them to his bliss, which lasts without end. For he says, I shall shatter you for your vain passions and your vicious pride, and after that I shall gather you together and make you humble and meek, pure and holy, by uniting you with me. And I saw then that whenever a man feels kind compassion with love for his fellow Christian, it is Christ within him. That same humiliation which was revealed in his passion was revealed again here in this compassion, in which there were two ways of understanding our Lord's meaning. One was the bliss to which we are bought and in which he will rejoice. The other is for strength in our suffering, for he wants us to know that it will all be turned into glory and profit by the virtue of his passion, and to know we do not suffer alone, but with him, recognizing that we are grounded in him. And he wants us to see that his pain and his humiliation go so far beyond all that we may suffer, that it cannot be fully conceived. And consideration of this will save us from grumbling and despair as we experience suffering. 
And if we truly see that our sin deserves it, his love will nevertheless excuse us. And in his great kindness, he takes away all our blame and watches over us with compassion and pity, like children, not hateful, but innocent. God does not blame us for sin. God is the one who inhabits us, who provides the urge to compassion, who transforms our suffering into glory. It's all God's work. And what a relief and good news that is. I've heard the opposite preached, both in Christian churches and in meditation classes, that the effort and responsibility and power is ours alone, in our hands, on our shoulders. If we only dig deep enough or try hard enough or commit enough time to practice. The balance of power being with me sounds good to uh, this control freak, but I haven't really found that my efforting is the root of my inner peace. I do find echoes of truth and resonances of reality with the vision given to us through Julian, that the key is surrender and acceptance, that we have no power of ourselves to help ourselves. The power of peace and transformation is in us, but it is not just our own reflection or our own sense of self or our own effort. I take that to be good news. I hope you do too. Thank you for joining me today. The peace of Christ be with you.